0: You are listening to a live message from Gold Street Garden Church with Dr. Dominic Butler. We are thrilled to have you join us for today's message. Our prayer is that you would see Jesus clearer than ever before, and your desire to know Him personally would increase in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information about the church, you can go to goldstreetgarden.com. Father, we just thank you. We thank you that tonight is just going to be just continue. I mean, it's already happening, Lord. We thank you that that Lord, I know you placed the word in my heart tonight, and I just want to convey it. Lord, I don't want to present a sermon. I want to present you, Lord. I don't want to. I don't want to just sh- talk about you. I want to introduce you i don't i don't want to feel in any way that i have to say everything that is in my feasible notes because lord whatever you have in my heart lord i just thank you that what you want to say you would say it the holy spirit is the teacher just use me father i thank you for people that have ears to hear hear the word of the Lord I thank you just everyone under the sound of my voice I just thank you that increase is coming to all their lives and family as they pursue you but most of all I thank you that their intimacy with you would grow to another level if there's anything that gets just drilled tonight it's the fact that there needs to be a, a a crazed desire for the secret place we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Everyone yell, amen. Well, thank you, worship team. <laughs> sometimes I've, I thought there were drums going on sometimes, but I think it's just because I'm so used to it. So I'm like, I, I was rocking out, but there was no drums, but that was awesome. So there's so many people we want to thank for coming out. I saw a lot of West Coast family. I like Jeff and Jake, Matt and Sarah. So great seeing you guys. Dr. Douglas and Susan, so thankful to have you. And Deb, uh, it's so good to have you guys from LCU. So good to see you. I know there's countless other people I would love to name as well. And we normally would like to turn the lights on, but because of camera purposes. So I know it's gonna be like a movie. Uh, So if you eat popcorn, it's totally cool, it's all right. But uh, I just wanna share a lot about just Kind of how we got to this point but i do have a word that that coincides with that and it's so phenomenal that and can we also i want to give it up to the whole leadership at gold street garden for you, I, just so you guys we we pulled up here at 5 30 and uh got this whole place set up so that was that was amazing and, and i didn't have to do anything really they made sure they in fact the only reason i did things is because i forced they were trying to make sure I didn't do anything, which I'm very blessed by. So uh, here we are. We are in Clearwater now, and this has been in the making for actually a year. It was last January that Jackie and I really felt it in our heart. We've known for years that the Lord had called us to, to start a church, and a lot of you that know us have known that's been a, a big thing in our hearts for a long time. And to get to here, there were so many times we wanted to, uh, launch out, like even even before we, the Lord led us to West Coast, there was a, a part of our, it was probably more of our flesh forcing it, but we knew something our heart. We wanted to start a church even there. If people remember us from ATM days, is there some ATM folk? In the- <laughs> so that was when we had a college and career ministry, and we had no clue what we were doing. <laughs> but we loved Jesus, and it was amazing. Joe Turnbull here is so fun. There's so many good stories of us just like, we one story with, with Joe Turnbull is hilarious. I still remember. It was just, there was one night we had a meeting, and there was, like, you know, we, we were running, like, 70, 80 people a night. It was amazing. And, like, um, I just remember there was one night a couple people walked out of the facility early, like, during worship, like, they just got bored or something, which happened because we invited a lot of people. So, like, hey, whatever. Um, they came and they left, and I saw Joe follow them out. And I knew what they looked like when they left. And then... And then I'm, I'm preaching, because it got later in the service, and Joe walks back in with more people, and none of them are the same that left. He, during service, during service, four, like four people left, and he came back with six people. And there was a barber shop in the plaza, and he went over there and brought them all over as it was closing. And they all came to the altar, and God's sake. <laughs> That's That's what I'm, that's the kind of stuff that just makes you long to keep doing this It makes all this worth it because stories like that are going to be told in heaven. It's not going to be the stories about just certain, it's, it's though, because the only thing that's going to matter in heaven is souls. How many people heard the gospel? And that's why, um, I got to share this without getting teary eyed, but I might be a puddle of glory by the end of the night with a, but... The the one thing that happened as I was driving down here tonight, um, taking the expressway down from Odessa, I was taking the expressway, and it's such a beautiful day. And I was driving, and I'm just worshiping the Lord, coming down here, just really celebrating. I wasn't like thinking about my message or anything like that, because He's got to He's got to do it. And I just heard the Lord say, "Thank you for doing this." You you gotta know how that can touch, and I, it just kind of blew. And I was like, Lord, what, what do you mean? Thank you for allowing me. But it was so special that I could just hear that whisper. Thank you for doing this for me. And it just goes to show that there's such a need in Clearwater. And I know that there's churches down here and I'm sure they're doing great things, but there's something that God is gonna do through Gold Street Garden. And it's, it's about making people fall in love with Jesus again not not falling not fall in love with a church atmosphere not fall in. that's why even tonight like if anybody knows me we could have made sure there was a band tonight we could have i, I could have made sure there was a band i could have made sure we had so many things and the lord just kept dealing with me it says just start simple start simple don't make it about the band So that way, when the band comes, it was started from a heart of purity and simplicity, not you need a band to make it big, you know what I'm saying? And it's just so funny, so quickly we get into a church setting and we're like, we need this, we need this, we need this. And I'm not saying those things are bad, but it's so crazy how quickly it turns into worshiping Martha than Jesus. Because what is Martha running around? trying to find out how we can make it the best possible service, the best possible thing, while Mary's just sitting at his feet. And the word I have tonight is very simple. It's called falling in love with Jesus. Some people that are, uh, if you're, some people may be coming and you, you wanna make this your home church, I just want you to know that we are gonna, we are gonna teach the whole counsel of God's word, but I just want you to know that Jesus is the word. (laughs) So, because of that, every message will be about Jesus. And uh, what happened with us coming to Clearwater was the fact that we, we, we knew we were supposed to start a church. We thought we were supposed to start at other times, but the Lord had to do a work in our hearts. And people don't realize that, that so many people prematurely step into things or steamroll things just because of a call in their heart. And it's not to say the call in your heart isn't there, but it, there's, there's things that have to take place. And I think there's people that can relate to that, that you just, you know you know something's there. And we call it God's timing. Sometimes, though, people use God's timing as a reason to never step out. Like, they're like, I'm waiting on God's timing. So you got to, there's a balance in it, and it's all about hearing the voice of of him but you can only do that by getting away in the secret place. So when we heard Clearwater, we were able to talk with our our our, our beloved uh pastor Aaron at West Coast where we were able to share with him and Jeff, you know, just what the Lord was telling us to do a few months after we heard. And even though we heard there was still like something that like we just didn't what do we do? Clearwater like, he, you know, it's very biblical. Like, sometimes God just says something, and you're like, all right, what do we do? Clear water. Um, it was awesome. We had a name, but it was, it was about six or seven months ago. I was in the secret place. I got invited to minister somewhere, and I was preparing. And I don't know if I've ever been rocked. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm just... It wasn't, I was in a church service and the presence of God came on me. I was home all alone. Well, my wife and daughter were sleeping and I was just studying, reading the word. And I just, I remember closing my Bible, closing. And I just remember I, I got on the floor and I just started, I put earbuds in. I started listening to worship music. And something happened where I just began to feel the presence of God engulf me. And I had this, there was this this fear that came up in me because the presence of God was becoming so real and the fear that God was revealing was is there was still a problem with my yes. My yes wasn't total, It it wasn't genuine, it was excited. It was an excited yes, but not a genuine yes. And I remember that the Lord just was, his presence was coming on me so much. And I remember I started yeah, kind of, I, I couldn't yell to wake up uh, our little daughter Bliss, but I remember I, I started verbalizing, Lord, I don't know if I have what it takes to always say yes. I don't know if I always, I, and I was being real. And does anybody know that you, if there's anybody you're supposed to be real with, it's God. That don't feel like you have to communicate a certain way to God we, the Bible does say that, you know, we, we, have, we need to have faith. We need to know that he hears us. But the thing is, is that there's a time that you have to be so real with him so that way he can take what is not supposed to be there out. And what happened is I remembered, I started saying, I don't know if I always have what it takes to say yes. It was complete fear, doubt, unbelief, just vomiting in his presence. And the Lord said, said to me, He said that if you just go after my presence like you are now, I'll authenticate your yes. And it was in that moment, an hour turned into three hours, four hours. I think Jackie finally came in around like 3.30 a.m. and she said, honey, I think it's time to come to bed. I was like, I believe it is too. I I felt a rest in my heart. God uses my wife very much. My wife, she deserves a round of applause. She's helped. <laughs> Jackie, Jackie. She, this past week, she's been super mom. I, so we went to Jesus Conference last, last week, which was phenomenal. As Soon as we got back, I'm working nonstop, uh, two days, and I started getting the shivers it was really bad shivers, like, I'm like, um, there was, the flu was like, I didn't know it was the flu, and then the flu really kicked my butt, like, hardcore over the weekend, and we were rebuking it, listening to healing scriptures, and this is the best my voice has been in a few days, which is uh, glory to God, but she had to take care of bliss, had to take care of me, I literally couldn't get out of the bed one of the days, it was that bad, I was like, wow, I haven't, I don't even remember what the flu was until, do now. <laughs> so don't recommend it. Uh, so with all that being said, I want to just share a few things with you, a couple of scriptures, just to bring everything home with where we're headed. And I just want to encourage you, if you really believe that you're called to be a part of this journey, you know, we're starting on Tuesday nights, but in uh, two to three months from now, we're planning on going to Sundays too. So we're, we're making this thing Happen and we're believing for our own property. Say amen. Yeah. We're believing for our own property. Because there's so much that needs to get done. Scientology needs to be tore down in this, yeah. this city. And all, and every other, any, any other religion that that is contrary to the gospel needs to be tore down. Even if it's Christianity without Christ. Because there's plenty of it. I don't know how it happened, but it's vanity. Christ out of uh, Christianity. So, with that being said, we're gonna be on an, aven- an adventure here, and we're figuring it out as we go, but it's gonna be exciting every week, I'll tell you that, because I-, I know the Lord knows what He's doing, and I'm just saying yes. And if you wanna say yes with me with this, I guarantee you it's gonna be the wildest ride of your life, because <laughs> we're gonna see a lot of things happen on a regular basis. We're gonna kick evangelism up too, if everybody wants to help us with that. we gotta, We gotta be, we got to be witnessing to people out there more and more finding strategic ways to, to love on people and to sow into the community. So if you guys, I know in this kind of room, you probably want to use your phones for lighting with you. So use your uh, Bible app or whatever. But if we could, if you go to Philippians 3, 8, I'm going to read out the New Living Translation. Yes. Everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ, Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ. I want to read that again, the New Living Translation. This is Paul. The Apostle Paul is saying, yes, everything else is worthless. Now, is that a big statement? Everything compared to Christ is worthless. That's, I mean, that's, sometimes you can read a scripture and not take it in. Because last time I checked, worthless means throw it in the garbage. Worth, yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ. This is so vital that this scripture becomes one of the scriptures that just burns within your spirit, burns within your heart. I believe it's one of those verses that needs to be memorized because it's something about this that Paul, that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament for him to say that you know, and Paul had a lot of accolades. He was a very intelligent man, like extremely intelligent. And he said that everything is worthless compared to just knowing him. And he would even say he would go into cities and he said, I would, I'm only going to preach Christ crucified. He could have preached on, you know, the 10th level of the anointing or, you know, the, you know, intercessory prayer 2.0. He could have taught on all these things, but he only wanted to talk about Jesus, because on the road to Damascus, he had an encounter with the Lord, and that encounter marked him for the rest of his life. And that's why I'm standing on this stage. You don't. my wife and I, we have a little girl, The you know, the world, the last thing people would tell us to do is start a church without any aid, without any backing, without any help, and still have jobs and still try to do thi- Like what we're doing in the natural sense is asinine. Like this is in the natural, it's a complete burden if you had not heard from the Lord. But you see, there's something in my heart that years back, the Lord marked me and I, my wife and I, we love him so much that our love for people is so great that we just cannot stand by and watch our surrounding cities go to hell, or I'm not saying that it's just we have to do something about it, and if we can have a a part to play, that we can be able to teach, and minister, and preach, and speak into people's lives, and show them that the church isn't just this whitewashed thing, that it's not, because there's so many people that are tell you that churches here relevant now, and that the only churches that you can re- that are really thriving are those that are like 45 minutes long, and you know you, everything's on the T. You know it's on. You know it's. It, but the thing is, is that God is doing something special in this hour. He is looking for His bride. He is looking for His bride, and that's why I know that we haven't been able to shake this. Every time we've tried to shake it, like. There was times, you know, at previous churches we even felt maybe we should just stay here and we'll just ride it out. And the Lord's like, No, I have something for you. And I'm like, Lord, I just where what how are we gonna do this? And you know, that's the dumbest question to ask God. (laughs) But I continue to do it, and He's a good father. But it's it's the fact that just can't get this, and it's all because I keep realizing that everything is worthless. It's all, like one day, you're gonna stand before him, I shared this a little while ago, and I, it's, it's funny, I'll share it again, just because, uh, you know, with, in the light of Kanye West, and uh, in the light of just different things that happen, sometimes, I, you know, I was teaching at LCU, and one of the, a couple of the students after class were asking me, they're like, well, what do you think about, they're like, what do you think about Kanye West? Like? Do you think it's genuine? Do you think it's this? And I I look and they were all asking me and the reason they were the reason they were asking me was because they 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 wanted to know, you know, what a, a you know, a man of God or just a teacher of the gospel would say about it. And I I made a comp- the Lord like placed it in my heart to say. I said, "Well, I think when I get to heaven, I don't think this will happen. Like I'll be standing before Jesus and then Jesus is going to be like, Hey, you know, Kanye's coming in right after you. And I just want to know, do you think he was genuine? Because if you think he was genuine, we're letting him in. <laughs> if, if you think so. That would never happen. And the reason I bring that up is because so many times we think that, like, we need to hear what this person has said or this person has said or what, what they think about this. But the thing is, we only need to hear what he has to say that everything else is worthless. And we don't realize that the devil is trying to get us occupied with trying to figure out who's genuine, who's this. No, what we need to do is we need to praise the name of Jesus. And anybody else that wants to praise with us, they're welcome to join. But we got to keep our eyes focused on him. He alone is worthy. He alone is worthy. Hallelujah. So one of the things the Lord was dealing with me about that because our minds are Does anybody else operate like me like my if i give me like five minutes in my mind's like when when it comes to things that got to get done and stuff and it didn't happen tonight but recently when we were at the jesus conference i was worshiping and my mind is thinking about everything that needs to get done for this service and I'm in the middle of 6,000 people praising Jesus, going nuts with Stephanie Gretzinger. And I mean, you, you just, it's like, you know, you're like, what, why am I worried about anything right now? And, uh, and then it's just, we're, we're, we're worshiping and the Lord spoke this to me. He said that when you allow your mind to run, you inhibit your heart to bow. When you allow your mind to run, you inhibit your heart to bow. And the Lord, and then I got on my face, obviously. That's what what you do. (laughs) It's it's very important, too, with that being said, that when you get a revelation from the Lord, don't allow a high from a revelation replace the most high. Sometimes people get high on a revelation, and they allow it to replace who God is. But when God gives you a revelation, if you immediately bow or you immediately thank him for it, you'll never be like, oh, I got a good nugget. It's not about what you have. He gave that to you because he loves you and he wants to. He's giving you an invitation to know him more intimately. (laughs) Amen. So every day. I'm learning this and I, I wanted to challenge you guys with this every day. You need to learn I wake up and I've been saying this to myself, Lord, help me to continue to purify the why of my life. Lord, purify the why of my life, why I get up, Why you know, why I'm a husband, why I'm a father, purify the why you need to ask God to do that daily. We, we don't realize how quickly, we, we come up with plans, and then we're asking God to help us with all of our plans before we ever went to him to just make sure motives are right, because you have to understand, you can start things with right motives, and like I said, the mind gets going, and, cra- and then all of a sudden, the very why to why you started is now a very distant thing in the, the corner, and we, we just have to protect our heart so much and the only way you can protect your heart is if you protect the why it's the motive why am i doing this why are we on this stage right now doing this i you, it's it's it really it's sometimes i think about it and it's really asinine i'm like the like i was telling you the fact that we're here we're doing this it's so surreal and the only reason i can say it is because I, he he touched me he touched me i've seen people it was so funny, speaking of ATM, the other day, I don't know if any of the guys saw it, but when Facebook, sometimes it'll bring up something that happened five, seven years ago, I think it was six years ago, there was a, there was a, a gentleman that brought all of his, he was literally, a, he was a, a, a straight up you know, pot dealer, uh, marijuana, like ganja, whatever you want to call it, but you know, <laughs> he, had, he, and he, he had like duffel bags full, and we, it was on Facebook the other day, that we had a service and he brought all of it to the church service. But the funny, here's the funny thing, you would think that, you would think that I would make a smart decision here. I actually <laughs> permitted it and hear, hear me out. <laughs> what happened was, what had happened was I, he called me and he'd been coming to our services for six months and I knew he was a drug dealer he brought a van every week with his druggies, the people he would deal to. He brought them to our service every week. And we would pray for him every week. We never told him he had to stop. We just got a. I, if you heard the way I preach, he got a pretty good clue you can't do that. But, but the fact was, is we, we preached, we would lay hands on him. And I always prophesied like I did tonight. People would lay drugs down on the altar. So he calls me up before service one night. He says, Pastor Dom. I'm like, Destin, what's going on, man? He's like, I said his name. So if he's watching, (laughs) 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 it's on Facebook anyway. Uh, That was the dumbest thing too. We put it on Facebook and everything. We were like asking for the cops to come. But we that I that's why I I this is a genuine testimony of why we had no clue what we were doing. We truly did not know what we were doing. And I just remembered we, we, we all we all were, he he called me, he said, I was smoking a joint today. Or no, he said the night before, I was smoking a joint, and the Lord told me it's time to stop, lay it all on the altar. So he calls me and he says, Dom, I who am I to stop God? He said to lay it on the altar. You know, you might have think it had been figuratively or something, but we allowed him to lay it on an altar. You better believe it. And this, this was not the burning bush that Moses saw. But what took place here was the fact that he comes, and he's got duffel bags, and we're all celebrating, praising and then we're like, well, how are we going to destroy it? And we start putting it down the toilets and stuff. And the whole, the whole men's bathroom smelled like marijuana for the whole week. And Pastor Ronnie Stewart, if he's watching this, he remembers all that too. It was crazy because he was, and, but that was on, I saw it on Facebook the other day that we had it an out, and it was like the Lord was reminding me, like, these, these are like Book of Acts stories, and they just happened all the time, and they need to happen more now. They need to happen more now, and the only way that happens is if people see genuine people loving God. I want to, you know, and I, if I haven't said this yet, and I need to, just because now that everybody's here, I've said it to our leadership. When we started this this journey of starting this church, more so this year, the Lord told me. He said, don't build this church for the city. Build it for me. And there's a big reason for that because that's what goes back to us getting busy as we start making the whole church about, oh, well, we need this to accommodate them so they can leave at this time and so they can do this, so they can do that, so they can do this. But what about God? What about how long he says the service should be? And sometimes we think that that just means, well, that means God, what if God wants it all day? Well, I'm not saying that God's not unfair. He knows that there's things that need to get done. He knows that we're still living in this this life. But the fact is, is we have, God put it in my heart that this is all about him. And if it's all about him, don't think that we're ever going to just accommodate everybody little thing here. We're here for him. And that... I'm telling you, if we're here for him, it's a blessing to you because if we glorify him, people are going to get healed without us having to try. People will get healed without us even having to pray. It'll happen accidentally just because he's here, just because he's welcomed here. People will walk in, and they will sense the presence of God. Addictions will fall off people. Depression will fall off people. There are people that will walk in here that had, you know, pornography addictions and things like that, and they will leave here, and they will find out two weeks later they haven't looked at it one time and realize it was something about this room. And I want you guys to understand that there's still power in the supernatural. Demons still can get cast out. In fact, you have to ask yourself if a demon hasn't been cast out in a little while, has your, has our churches allowed them to just sit politely in service? Because there's not enough anointing going forward to actually disturb it. You have to ask yourself, where are the demons being cast out? It says Jesus was casting out demons and healing sick people all throughout towns, and there's, it's more populated now than it was then. Right? Sure, Clearwater is bigger than Galilee, you know? I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like, we got to realize, like, how you got to, the Bible is all about Jesus. So the Bible only makes sense if it's all about Jesus. Your life only makes sense if it's all about Jesus. Your life doesn't make sense if you try to make it about family. I know they can be harsh, but you, do you realize if you put your family first, you're actually hurting them? You have to put him first because only he can properly give you the love you need to be there for your family. And we get things backwards and then it's just we just got to make sure it's all about him. So I, I do want to make sure we're closing up here. You guys good? Hallelujah. Thank you guys again for being here with us tonight. I just want to share these last few things with you. And then I wanna leave room to pray. Let God do what he does best. Everybody believe that the altar is the operating table. It's where God does his best work, does his best work. I can't tell you how many altars that I've just probably snotted up. I know we don't have carpet here, but you know, it doesn't matter. You know, they didn't have, it's like, just go all after him go all after him he's so good so if you could could you turn with to me to second timothy i got two things i want to share and then we're good oh he's so good so second timothy A little backstory of 2 Timothy, just real quick. This was literally Paul's last letter. This is the last letter he wrote. Could you imagine if you knew something was going to be your last letter after Paul had wrote two-thirds of the New Testament? This is going to be a pretty serious letter, right? And he's writing it it to it as one of his beloved sons in the faith, Timothy. And I just want to read a little passage of it in chapter 1. It says, verse 3, I thank God How many people are thankful for praying moms? My mom wasn't able to be here, but I love you. She's probably watching, and she called me last night. She was crying, she couldn't be here. That's how, she's a special mom, for sure. The one thing about it that's so, thing is that my mom, if you know anything about my mom, she she prayed me in, for sure. Like, you you know, there's like, she, Funny thing about my mom, it's actually, if you're familiar with Jesse Duplantis, my mom kind of very similar because, like, there was, I, I used to do drugs, like, really bad. And my mom would know when I did drugs when, like, there was no way she could know. Like, I, I would be places that there was no way she knew I would be there. And she would, like, call me, like, I know you're there right now. I know you're doing drugs. I know, and she, like, she, it was, she just, she was constantly praying, constantly just, and there was, I, I always tell, it was so funny. I just remember, too, that my friends that I would, get like high with and things like that, she, she would like, she said, why don't you invite all your friends over? And she already knew we were, she already caught us. She already knew, but she didn't tell us. She invited all her friends. She's like, hey, why don't I take you guys out real quick? And she would put us all in a van, and she would take us to church, but then it wasn't during a church service. She would take us into the youth pastor's office and say, they've been smoking, <laughs> and she'd be, she'd be like, you need to talk some sense into that. <laughs> And all my friends are like, what is the deal with your mom, bro? And some people would be like, you know, that, that are like real, probably like, just, I don't know, sissy Christians or sissy, like, you know, my parents really r- ruined my walk with the Lord because they were too hard. Like, my mom was hard on me, but it helped me. And sometimes in today's culture, it's like, you know, everybody's got to be so like, It's like, come on. like, I'm thankful that there were people that that went after me, right? Because what do you do if a child's about to walk in front of an oncoming car? Do you say, honey, please come here? (laughs) No, you're going to scream and grab them. You might even dislocate their arm, (laughs) right? You might even harm them to avoid the death. And so many times in church, we, we sometimes we're a little too, we're so nice when when really you have to, the truth is what sets people free. And, and, and I think we could all agree we're in a day and age that if I went on Facebook right now and I put a, a boy is a boy and a girl is a girl, I would get conflict. That's the day and age we're living in right now. He is coming back. And there is, a, there is people calling good evil and evil good. It's what the Bible says. And if we don't stand up and say that he is the only way, I don't care what anyone else has told you. You need to look at Jesus. You need to see Jesus. Well, I think that it's Jesus. And no, it's not Jesus and anything. It's Jesus plus nothing. Jesus plus nothing. So the genuine faith, and I just say that because it's so awesome just to know we have heritage. People and people you're praying for, your children, if you don't, if, in fact, let's do this right now. If you, if you have a child or that is not serving the Lord, could you raise your hand? Look, at, look around the room right now. I, I want anybody close to them to put your hand on them, and we're going to pray right now. The prodigal sons and daughters are coming home. In the name of Jesus, we thank you that these children are coming home to the Lord. Father, we thank you that there is faith in this room, and we thank you that these children will know you. They will know you. Hallelujah. We, right now, there is no distance in the Spirit, and we call them home. We call them home. We send out ministering angels right now, Father, I thank you that right now some of them are even trying to party and it just doesn't feel right anymore, because it's the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Oh, we thank you for it. Oh kile. Oh we thank you for it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We praise you, we praise you. Hallelujah. Yeah, praise Him. It's done. It's done. In fact, I feel it in my heart, Every, all those parents, just text them and say, I love you. Right now, just do it. Just text them and say, I love you. How many people in here can say that their parents were a huge part of them being saved? Look at that. Hallelujah. You see, that's the thing, and that's the hope that you can see. Praise God. All right, we got to keep going here. I remind you, verse 6, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. And then in verse 8, this is the verse I want to camp. And then there's one thing and then we're, we're good to go for all third. Verse 8, therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. I just want to stop there real quick. Say, I will not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord it's so important did you ever realize that sometimes if you when we really think about what we believe in you believe that Jesus was born of a virgin that just so you know that doesn't happen you already have faith if you believe that right what i'm saying and like he was born of a virgin Like, the king of the universe came down and decided to be a fetus and be a baby. Like, and I heard a minister say this at the conference, and it just blew me away. He said that sometimes we think that Jesus went to the cross because it's what he had to do instead of realizing that's just who he is. He's just that humble that he's willing. Like, and the one thing he said that was that just flowing right now is he said that the reason why the, the devil probably thought that he could take over because he tried to come against God. The, he, it was probably God's meekness that showed as a weakness to the devil. And he thought he could take advantage of him because he was that meek. And the devil saw his meekness as actually a weakness instead of that's the actual thing that holds his throne together is his meekness, his humility. He's a servant, even on the night he was betrayed, as we take communion later, on the night that he was betrayed, he washes the disciples' feet. He even washes the betrayers' feet. How many of us would have been like, well, you're gonna betray me in a few minutes, just get out of my face? We laugh about it because it's Jesus, but if it was us, who are we trying to be like? Are we willing to wash our enemies? feet? Are we only willing to wash the people's feet that we really honor? Or are we supposed to honor everyone? You know, sometimes we got to put things in perspective. What did Jesus do? What did he do? And we can't be ashamed that he was born of a virgin. If somebody tries to dispute that with you, what do you mean that can't happen? I I just, I believe it. It's the test, in, in that testimony, if he's not born of a virgin, the gospel doesn't have power. You understand? Like, they're, they're, we can't be ashamed of anything about this gospel, even prosperity, because that's a big thing that people come against. We're not ashamed of prosperity, it's part of the gospel. It's not the only part of the gospel where, where people might make it seem that way, but we're not ashamed. Healing happens now. Even A.A. Uh, Allen said, I love what a. a. Allen said. I know this is a little off. He was just like, if you line 99 people up and you pray for all 99 and none of them get healed, what do you do? You find another 99 and you pray for them because our job is to pray and lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Our, our job is not, is not to make them get healed. Our job is to just lay hands and believe, transfer what we know is true. Amen? So the Testament of the Lord. He says, I'm not ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of being his prisoner. I remember I cried when I read this today, because Paul, he's done so many great things. He even got stoned one time to death. They, they, you know, They believe that he was actually stoned to death, theologians, and from that time. And the very people that threw him out of the town and stoned him, when he got up, he got raised from the dead, And then he goes and marches back into the same town that just stoned him. What is wrong with him? You know what I'm saying? But he was so marked by Jesus that he didn't care if he got stoned. He was not ashamed. And even he's about to be martyred the next day. And he says, I'm not ashamed of the testimony of my Lord as he's wearing chains. He's wearing chains in a prison. And he says, I'm not ashamed. And then he goes on to say, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not a worldly calling, not live your life however you want to live it and it's okay, a holy calling. We have to be different from the world because he's coming back for a bride, not a whore. Excuse my language, but we need to be real. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Before time began. But Has now been revealed by appearing our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to the light through the gospel, to which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher. You have to understand Paul had everything together. He was a notable man. He was he was like a major Roman player. He had so many things, and now he's in chains, and he's thanking God when he had he was rich before. He had all these things, but he's in a prison with chains, and he's thanking God for the gospel. Where are these Christians at? You know what I'm saying? They're here, aren't they? Are you here? Are you here? Are you here? Are you here? Lord, were those were those people? In the catalyst verse, when he says, "For this reason, for this reason that I'm doing all this, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed." He doesn't know what he believes. He knows who he believes. He said, I'm not ashamed because I know who I have believed. I know who's walked with me. I know that when I was stoned, I know who raised me. I know that when I was persecuted, I know that through everything, every time I've been put in prison, Paul's been put in prison so many times. He's been beaten. And he says, the reason I've done these things is because I know I know him, and when we get to that day, all your achievements, all your accomplishments, they are going to be nothing. He's just going to say this, well done, my good and faithful servant, but it says that if he doesn't, there's that scary phrase that he says, depart from me, I never knew you. Something very interesting about that phrase, he doesn't say depart from me, you never knew me. He says, depart from me. I never knew you. There's something that transpires in the secret place. I like what Eric Gilmore says. He says, nobody, he says, nobody gets pregnant holding hands. (laughs) And what he means by that is the Bible says you had to shut the door and go away with him. And there's things that take place in the secret place that don't take place anywhere else even ministers in this room, the secret place is not just a place to get sermons. The secret place is where life happens. Do you know when Jesus, when Jesus was tempted the first time in the wilderness when he was fasting, when he was tempted, it was so powerful because I've looked at this so many times and there's so many different angles you can look at. The one thing that really came to my heart was when he said, that the devil, he says, Can you, you know, if you really are the Son of God, there's so much in that. He's questioning his identity, questioning all these different things. If you really are the Son of God, turn these stones into bread. And Jesus immediately replies and says, It is written that men should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Now, one of the things the Lord showed me, excuse my puddle of glory. Um is the fact that when he when he said, sometimes we think we can get so analytical that we think that Jesus was only teaching us to respond with the word. But he was very purposeful in everything he said. He wasn't just saying that so we would know that when we have a problem, we speak a scripture. He was because Jesus didn't say, I only say scripture. He says, I only say what the father is saying. It's very, it's very different. And a, you can say a scripture and there be no breath of God on it. The breath of God has to be on what you're saying. And when Jesus said that, what he was saying is he was saying that I have conversation with him and our conversation is life. Because he said that I only live by what he says so because he said that he was able to tell it was a temptation because it was a conversation that had death in it do you see that that jesus was able to pick on pick up on the fact that this conversation in my mind right now in my heart there is literally no life in this conversation and that's why he responded he said that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Because life is an ongoing conversation with God. Life is an ongoing conversation with God. You have to keep talking with Him. In fact, that's why you'll notice when you're really uh, fearful, when you're really you'll you'll notice that you haven't talked to God in a few minutes, or you, or what you've been talking to God. It's been more of like your your your. You're letting him know how you feel, but you're not receiving what he's trying to tell you in that moment. Because last time I checked the conversations two way, right? It's not a, prayer is not a monologue, it's a dialogue. That's the best way to say. I always say if you do more talking than listening in prayer, you don't know what prayer is. Or you truly undervalue what prayer is. So in closing, I just wanted to to say, that, can you turn one more place? (laughs) It's my church, I can do it at one now, right? No, it's, (laughs) if if Mrs. Armstrong's here, we'll definitely make sure we're good. Is she, is Miss Armstrong here, Mrs. Armstrong? I I don't know if she is, but we'll let heard she might be. She's uh, the principal of the school. She's amazing. So uh, John, what did I tell you guys? I didn't say anything. John 1. John 1. John 1, verse 29, I want to read this, and this is where we're going to close. Actually, never mind. Go to John three. It's all right. That'll be next week. John three, if you go to verse verse uh, 32. Or no, I apologize. <laughs> John 3, we're good, but go to verse 14. Awesome. All right. Jesus. All right, so... In verse 14 of John 3, Nick was hitting on this a little before. It's a beloved passage of Scripture we know once we get to 16, but I want to read this. It says, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. I want to say this because some some people know this, but I want to hit on this, and then we'll close with this last passage. But it was the fact that when when John the Baptist, when he... Well, actually, we're going to get to John the Baptist in a second, but when Jesus is talking here back in... The Old Testament in Numbers, when there was a, in the camp, the Israelites, there were these, they were complaining against the Lord, and then these snakes, these venomous snakes started to bite everybody in the camp, and when they would bite them, they were, they were dying. They were becoming, you know, incredibly ill, and as the Lord spoke to Moses to build a bronze serpent, and he had to build a bronze serpent and put it on a pole, and he stuck it there. And he told all the Israelites that if you've been bitten, if you look at this pole, you'll be healed. And right here, right before one of the biggest passages of scripture, this is what God is ta- Jesus is talking about. He said that just as a, a serpent, a snake was lifted up and bronze means judgment. And, and the snake represents sin. As he was lifted, up, as that snake was lifted up in the Old Testament and they looked at it, they were, they were made whole. And in the New Testament, Jesus is the, the, the fulfillment of that. And it's saying that when he is lifted up, when he's lifted up, he took all of your sin, took all of uh, even body illnesses, whatever, he took it all. But the thing is that's so powerful about this is it's about him being lifted up. He had to be lifted up, and he had to be lifted up and made a shame of, but it's the fact that we need to lift him up in our lives, and we need to stay so focused on him, because when we stay focused on him, our lives continue to be changed dramatically into the image of his son, and I say that because this is where we're ending. I did want us to go to 22. So if you go to 22, I'm going to read this, and then we're done. After these things, Jesus and his disciples came into the land of Judea, and there he remained with them and baptized. Now John also was baptizing, and, and there was much water there. And they came and were baptized, and John had not yet been thrown into prison. This is John the Baptist. Then there arose a dispute between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purification. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who is with you beyond the Jordan to whom you have testified, be- behold, he is baptizing and all are coming to him. So I want to stop right here because what is, what's happening here is I want everybody to see this in closing, is that John the Baptist, I really believe, is a huge calling on this generation right now. I believe that a John the Baptist is, there's a calling for John the Baptist type grit to take place in our hearts. And this is the thing, is that John the Baptist has a ministry at this time, and he's baptizing people. He's got a baptized baptizing ministry and he's a he's the real deal he's eating locusts out in the you know he's got wild honey you know he's he's crazy he's dressed like you know he's dressed like a maniac you know he's just like everybody gotta you gotta see this guy john he's a he's a lunatic but he's nuts he's like he's a, he's a lot of fun to listen to though he talks about and, and he wasn't even preaching like a lovey dovey message he was preaching repent and he was even calling the religious people a brood of vipers he called the king out and that's how he ended up getting executed. He was like, the King, you're having, he, he told the king, he's like, You're having an unlawful, you know, that, 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 uh, the woman that you're having sexual affair with is completely unbiblical. He's like, it's, He called the king out and gets executed. He didn't care. He's John the Baptist. <laughs> he's like, He's just like, he was just like, Whoa, Jesus had himself an older cousin. And, uh, and so John the Baptist has this ministry, and then Jesus. His ministry is getting bigger than John's. And John the Baptist posse is like, John, everybody's going to Jesus now. Could you imagine? Like John's got this big ministry and all of a sudden all these people are, are leaving. And then this is what John says. He says, John answered and said, a man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. Talk about a good response. You yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. He who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. I just want to stop there. John the Baptist, he was saying that, I don't care about the numbers. I don't care about these things. All I want to do is hear his voice. The fact that I can hear his voice is everything to me. And I don't know about you tonight but I, the thing that I'm believing for with everything inside of me is that we're going to create a culture in clear water where you're going to know you're going to know who knows God and who doesn't. Type deal. And it's going to come all based around the fact that it's those that know him as Paul said I know in whom I believe. And as John the Baptist said that I don't want anything except my only joy is to hear his voice, to see him lifted high, to see him exhaust, exalted. I want to invite you on this journey with us as we endeavor to go and see a city fall in love with Jesus. Because I believe, Todd White said this, and I really love what he said. He said that, He said that people aren't mad at God. They're mad at somebody that misrepresented God. They're not mad at God. They're mad at a false idea of who God is. And I'm here to tell you, if we can represent him, the best way to represent him is to show, allow your life to just scream, I love you, Jesus. Let your life scream it. When people see you at work, there's just something. It's not about being air, it's not about being flamboyant. Or it, there's just something. I think we all know what I'm talking about. There's just something like when you walk into the room, you're you're gonna want to help. You're gonna want to do something. But there's that at, at some point, you know. People always say, "I just don't know how to witness." Well, I, the thing that I want to share is that it should be natural to talk about your best friend. It should be natural to talk about the love of your life. So, witnessing is only hard if you're not in love. Because it should be easy to talk about. And God will help you with it if you're not there yet. But if we all could, if we could close our eyes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you're in this place, we will, just so everybody knows, there will always be an invitation. If you're in this place and you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and what I mean by that is if you were to die today, if you were to die any moment soon, and you are not sure that he is the Lord of your heart, there's a very, the, the Bible is very clear that there is, a, there is either a heaven to gain or a hell to gain. But the one thing I want you to know even more is that, Salvation is not about getting to heaven. Salvation is about knowing Him. Because if heaven is the great reward, then we've missed it completely. Jesus is the great reward. When we get to heaven, I can tell you one thing. I can tell you one thing that I'm not going to care about the golden streets, I'm not going to care about the mansions, I'm not going to care about the pearly gates. I'm going to hug him as long as I can and thank him for the price that he paid for me. And one of the things that moves me so much is when I worship, sometimes I see a picture of my wife and my daughter worshiping with me. And I know that that makes God so happy to see families together worshiping and that's a huge part of our heart here at gold street garden is we want to see families that's why we want to get kids church and things going but we really desire we really want to make main service a place where kids can encounter the presence of god because there's not a kid's church in the bible i'm not trying to be rude and i'm not trying to say it's bad i'm just trying to say sometimes we need to make sure we're doing things the the way that god says not just doing it because other churches have made models and I'm still figuring it out myself, but sometimes I just like to say it to maybe be controversial, maybe. I don't know. But, but uh, if you're in this place and you don't know Jesus as Lord, I pray that you don't wait, that you leave this place and try to think about a, a time that would be convenient when, you, when life's a little easier or life, I'll tell you what, life, life is Jesus, so don't say life is tough because jesus is life you can say the world is tough but jesus is life life's not tough. jesus is life he said come to me all that are heavy laden and i'll give you rest if you're in this place and you don't know jesus with every eye closed i want you to lift your hand i don't want you to leave here i know there's probably a lot of family And here. We just want to make sure. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe we're all family. Praise God. I want to give one more call. If you're in this place, if you're in this place and this message tonight, it spoke something. I, I know it spoke something to everybody, but hear exactly what I'm saying. If you're in this place and something about this message I really felt the anointing when God is calling Christians that have that that have that tenacity that Paul had that revelation that Paul had that when he was in prison still willing to thank God still knowing why he was doing it and it wasn't because he had all these nice things it was just because he knew he was confident in who he had believed in. If you're in this place and you know that your walk with the Lord is not where it should be. And what I mean, it doesn't doesn't mean that it's bad. It just means that you just felt something tonight, that it's time to take it to that next level. I want you to know the anointing is here to do that. If that's you, I don't want you to raise your hand. I actually want you to just make your way down to the altar right now. Don't wait, I'm telling you. Sometimes you could be like, I'm in the middle of the row. I don't want to disturb anybody. Get up. Do it. Come forward. Hallelujah. People are coming. If that's you, do it. Praise God. Praise God. God's calling people. God's calling people. We'll wait. We'll wait. I know sometimes we got to figure out, like, I don't know, this is my first time here. It's not your first time with God. I know that. I've seen People that love Jesus here. I'll give it a sec. God's doing something. God's doing something. Hallelujah. 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 We want to, if we could, you don't have to look at me. You could just close your eyes. I want you to lift your hands at the altar. And if everybody else could stretch their hands forward and please don't delay to come down, it's not too late. I'm just telling you, there's anointing here for this, Lord. Can we just thank Him one more time? I and mean, we don't have to, I don't want to clap. I know, I'm, it's no, nothing against <laughs> The reason I don't want to clap is I just, I really believe that sometimes we clap at baseball games, we clap at football games, but you don't go like this. And I just, if we could all just lift our hands and we just worship him and give him what he deserves right now. Just thank you for the work that was done here tonight. because the thing is is definitely don't ever be misled by numbers because Lord we're thankful for people that came out here tonight but we know that it only takes one woman at the well (laughs) don't get me started it only takes a Nicodemus that thinks he's got a smart question and then he changes some Pharisees mindsets it only takes a man born blind, it only takes a demonic man, it only takes one, Jesus wasn't looking for the crowds, actually the crowds came to him he was always looking for the one because he knew if he got to the one it would transform a city Lord send us the woman at the well Lord send us the blind man, that was. B- Lord send us the people Lord I thank you For the work that you did tonight and we just glorify you we celebrate you we're thankful for gold street garden church but lord we're just the church is yours we're your bride we we want to marry you we are married to you lord. hallelujah Well, we love you all so much, we do. And uh, if anybody, we, we have our leadership team, but if if anybody is willing, we definitely have a minute to talk. And then we, we do have, because we are renting the facility, we have to move the chairs and things like that. So obviously conversations are important, but just be aware that some chairs might be moving. So if you turn around, your chair's not there. It was just because somebody was moving it. But we love y'all. I want to pray right before we go, and uh, we're having service every Tuesday night. So, so, hey, and if you're and if you're a part of a church, we welcome you to come. If you just if this is something different, than what you know, that's it's gonna be different every week. I don't even know what's gonna happen. I really don't. In a good way, like, I, and it's exciting. Like I do know because God is in my heart. But I want you to know, like, it's like. I'm just along for the ride. I'm just humbled and honored that God would call us for such a beautiful time as this with beautiful people that love the Lord. So, um, hallelujah. We'll definitely do communion next week for sure. Father, I just thank you for your people. I thank you that on a Tuesday night where we could be doing anything, we're here just acting crazy for you, God when we could have been out at the bar acting crazy, we could have been on our way to hell, just all all about just making money and that's it. But now we can make money and love you, Lord. <laughs> you can give us money, that'll be good. Uh, Lord, we just, uh, we celebrate you. And Lord, we we just thank you for your goodness. Thank you for allowing me to even speak tonight i didn't think i would even be able to speak i just thought i was gonna fall on the floor and just cry and thank you i'll just do that later but lord you're so good you're so good thank you for the work that you're doing we thank you to send laborers into the harvest of clear water send the laborers send the laborers and we will disciple them by the holy spirit that's invested in us, lord we will teach your full counsel Give us grace to do so. We love your word, and we just thank you for the work that you're doing. Thank you for our own property. Thank you for these beautiful people that came to celebrate with us and people that are going to just be a part of this whole vision. Thank you for everyone that financially sold. Just bless them, Lord. Bless them. Just knock them out with blessings, Lord. And most importantly, Lord, I thank you that everyone's secret place, I prayed it over someone tonight, and I just sense it so strong. I thank you that everybody's secret place would be like a furnace. I thank you that we would long for it. Teach us to stay there, even in the midst of busyness and schedules. Teach us to dwell in the secret place. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you guys. I definitely want to say hi to some people. So uh, love y'all. God bless.